CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Remember Tezos? After the early mishaps and outrage, the project is entering a calmer period. Good evening. I'm Mark Hoxton. And this is Late Confirmation from Coindesk, bringing you the top stories for August 9th, 2018. More ETFs. The SEC will decide on nine proposals for Bitcoin ETFs in the coming months, and that's not counting the one they just delayed. IBM and Maersk have 94 companies signed up to their supply chain DLT platform. And lastly, we'll speak with Coindesk's Brady Dale about the latest developments at Tezos. But first, a word from our sponsor, Said Business School at the University of Oxford. You can now study blockchain entirely online with Oxford University's Said Business School. For more about the six-week online program that gives you a fundamental understanding of blockchain and its implications and effects on your business strategy, visit OxfordExecBlockchain.com. Tezos is entering a relatively drama-free period. The number of Tezos stakeholders who run the hardware underpinning its billion-dollar blockchain, known as Bakers, is, shall we say, on the rise. As Coindesk's Brady Dale reports, Tezos has been gradually building up its base of Bakers, the validators on the network, akin to Bitcoin's miners. While there's been some attrition among these participants, on a net basis, there's been an increase. And like in any blockchain, the more nodes participate in securing the network, the harder it is to undermine that network. So this is a key early metric for the new protocol, which, as many listeners will recall, uh, had a lot of negative publicity and uh, issues surrounding its, its launch. Uh, and a little bit later in the podcast, we're going to be talking to Brady Dale about the current state of the Tezos project. The SEC will decide on nine, nine Bitcoin ETFs in the next mo- two months. This fall is going to be a cliffhanger season for Bitcoin. The Securities and Exchange Commission in the U.S. is due to review proposals for a total of nine Bitcoin exchange-traded funds over the next two months. Much of the crypto world has been focused on this topic. Some observers say that an ETF tied to Bitcoin would open up a new crowd of investors for the asset class, albeit indirectly. The market is gyrated in response to some of the decisions or delays announced in the last month or so. Now, to be sure, the agency could uh, beat its own deadline and release decisions early. But remember, we're talking about the government here. And history suggests that the SEC is going to probably wait until closer to the deadlines. 
And that means there's just going to be a lot of nail biting in the cryptocurrency community, given the amount of attention that's been paid to this. 94 companies join IBM and Maersk's blockchain supply chain. Maersk, the shipping giant, and IBM announced that their blockchain trade platform, which they have finally given a name to, they're calling it TradeLens, has a total of 94 companies on board. The goal of the platform is to enter full commercial scale by the end of this year. IBM and Maersk have also modified their strategy. They have a new approach where each company sells the platform or access to the platform to clients. Each company gets the revenue or the fees from that client. They've uh, changed this from originally it was going to be a 51-49% split. And according to Maersk, there's uh, a lot of demand in the market for new solutions to address issues around global trade, uh, particularly for companies on the trade finance side of things. And we'll be following these stories closely on Coindesk.com. The most important conference in crypto comes to Asia this fall. Coindesk's consensus conference lands in Singapore, September 19th and 20th. Join more than 75 speakers and 50 sponsors for two days of powerful insights, industry announcements, and cross-industry networking opportunities. It's all happening in Singapore, September 19th and 20th. Register today at coindesk.com backslash events. And now we're going to talk about Tezos, which almost a year ago was being held up as the very symbol of the excesses of the ICO market, given the amount of money they raised. But we haven't heard a lot about Tezos recently. Here to discuss this uh, project and what it's up to now is our resident token maven, Brady Dale. Uh, what's going on with the Tezos project right now? So the Tezos mainnet launch happened at the end of June. And then about three weeks after that, they from that point, uh, the Tezos Foundation ran all the nodes. I think they had eight nodes. Uh, that were you know running what they're calling a beta launch. So it's it's real exchanges of the tokens, but uh, but it's um, but it's still they they reserve the right to take it down at any time. You know if they find software uh, bugs or anything like that during the beta, and when it goes live later, they they won't do that anymore. Then about three weeks after they launched, they opened up uh, the ability to serve as validators, like the equivalent of Bitcoin's miners, uh, to anyone with a roll of Tezzies or XTZ. Uh, which is just 10,000 XTZ, and there's also these delegate services. And so that happened at, like, the XTZ end. XTZ is their token? Is this yeah, yeah. Some people call them Tazis, XTZ, yeah. So, um, so this is a proof-of-stake system. Yeah, it's a, it's a proof-of-stake. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's a proof-of-stake system. And so that happened at the end of June. And, uh, you know, what, what we wrote about yesterday and is that – you know, people are just kind of joining the network. There's more people baking all the time, both individual bakers. Explain baking. Oh, yeah, right. So baking is just the Tezos term for uh, for validation. This is what they call validation. It's just terminology. Uh, just the people who, you know, do the work of checking all the transactions, saying they're right. Uh, and you get rewarded if you're chosen randomly by the system to be a baker. And obviously the more – and so you you have roles that let you validate. Roles. Uh, yeah, like, and then you bake the roles. You know? so, uh, roughly the equivalent of Bitcoin's miners. Yeah, it's, it's serving the same role. It's validation. So obviously because they're validators, the more people who are available to do this work, the more secure the overall network is. And so kind of the argument of our post is – our latest story is that you know more bakers are coming on board slowly but surely, uh, which success suggests the network is – becoming more secure. And so like the 
what I think is the reason why I think this is a story. I mean, it's sort of a story in which we're we're just sort of saying, "Hey, this thing launched and nothing crazy has happened, and isn't that interesting?" And the reason I think that that is interesting to people is because the last thing you could compare it to is EOS, right? And so I think EOS and Tezos, to go back to your intro, are like precisely the inverse of each other. So EOS had this really smooth fundraising. Like it was so smooth that they raised $4 billion and hardly anyone even really noticed it was happening. Over the course of a year. Over the course of a year until it was almost at an end. Like people, like I remember when we did our first EOS story, people were sort of like, what's EOS? And at that point they'd already raised like $3 billion and they weren't even done yet. So they had this very smooth, very quiet move to the actual launch, and then the launch was crazy and chaos, and we did like 10 stories in like two weeks and all the insane stuff that happened during their launch, whereas Tezos was just the opposite. It had a, it had a completely crazy uh, fundraise and then fitful start to actually getting to the point that they released their blockchain, uh, and that was, you know, there was the, it was on the cover of Wired two months ago, how, how nutty all that was, but then once it actually you know, went live, it's all been pretty quiet and smooth so far. I mean, I think that probably interesting things will eventually happen, but so far it's been pretty, it's been pretty calm. And that was, that was kind of the essence of our story, which I think interested people because they expected after seeing this other blockchain that raised a pile of money be a mess. I think everyone sort of assumed Tezos would be a mess too, but it hasn't been a mess so far. That's really interesting. Now let's take a step back. What, what is special about Tezos? I mean, what was you know, uh, you know the the um, the founders, uh, married couple, uh, Kathleen Arthur Brightman. Uh, you know, they they come from the blockchain world. They 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 know the space very well. What problem were they trying to solve that uh, that they didn't think that existing cryptocurrencies or existing blockchains uh, 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 addressed in a satisfactory manner? Yeah. So their big idea is governance on the chain. So so uh, they. We're watching all the chaos happening around Bitcoin scaling. And, you know, Arthur Brightman's big observation was there just honestly is no clear path to, to making this decision. It's just sort of like this weird argument and, and there's there's just no way to do it. And so they call – Tezos calls itself a self-amending ledger. Uh, self-amending. Yeah, because its users have ways to make – like decision-making on-chain is – is baked into the whole protocol. Now, we haven't seen any of that go into effect yet. I don't understand how that works super well yet. It, it hasn't gotten to the point that they've actually, you know, used those abilities. They might not even be unlocked yet. Uh, but that is the fundamental idea of Tezos is that, you know, it can evolve in any number of ways over time. So, for you know, an easy example to give is um, the validators, the bakers, are paid out of a roughly 5% per year inflation of Tezos. And it doesn't have a fixed cap on how how high it'll go at any point. As I, as if I'm I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. Uh, but they could, you know, the community could decide to move that up, could move it down. I mean, that's a real that's a real easy example of a, of a change that uh, that Tezos is built from the beginning. It is it isn't operating from this position that like Satoshi Nakamoto had this great vision that 21 million Bitcoin was the correct number and that's what it should always be. The idea on Tezos was, you know. Everything, every, literally everything on there is up for the decision of the community, and they have ways to collectively make those decisions built into the chain. That's its big idea. 
the living constitution, but for blockchains. Yeah, and it's all in code. I mean, there's no and this is and this is another great contrast between uh, EOS and Tezos. You know, EOS is supposed to be have governance on it too, but they actually didn't sort of get the governance worked out before launching. And so then they tried to do like a written constitution whose like first article was nonviolence, which is just great for a blockchain. Uh, whereas, you know, on Tezos, there's no written constitution. It's just there's code for making decisions. And, and you know, you do what the code says and then decisions get made. So long term, I mean, what's the measure of success? How do we know if uh, if, 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 if Tezos uh, uh, actually works? Is you know, um, is 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 it that it gets a, it gets adopted to the extent that Bitcoin does that it gets used in retail transactions that that it that it becomes a store of value for people like what what's the ultimate end game here? Yeah, I don't think we know. I think that's where the community is sort out. You know, it's an it is an all purpose blockchain. You know, it, it's meant to be able to do any number of things. It's it's not trying to be a super high throughput blockchain right now. Uh, its number of transactions I think is pretty low, like less than a hundred. I think it might be forty. That's the number that's ringing to mind. Uh, per second transactions per second but um you know all of that's up for grabs i mean right now it's a you know it's a form of digital money people can use i think folks are really looking forward to some dApps coming on board and one thing that's uh that's interesting about dApps distributed applications yeah exactly uh distributed applications you know the tezos foundation has like you said before a lot of money they raised 230 million dollars uh also notable raised all in crypto uh well before the big price increases last year so they probably have like a you know billion dollars worth. I mean, who knows, but just a lot more than because it's, it was like early last summer that they raised all that. So they've been giving out a lot of grants to people uh, to build uh, to build out the community and also to build, you know, new cool stuff for people to use. So I think we'll just sort of see where see where that goes. But, you know, it's just a general purpose blockchain right now. That's all anyone knows for it. It's not like, you know, Filecoin, which is dealing with like file storage or origin that's dealing with like the sharing economy, it's something really specific. It's just sort of, you know, whatever people want to use it for. Well, this is a fascinating story that we'll continue to cover on Coindesk as it develops. Brady Dale, thank you so much. Thanks a ton, Mark. Late Confirmation is brought to you by the Said Business School at Oxford University. Master Blockchain Strategy Online with the six-week Oxford Blockchain Strategy Program. The program gives you a foundational understanding of the core concepts of blockchain. You'll gain insights into how it will affect the future of your industry and organization, drawing on expert opinions and multiple blockchain use cases, allowing you to develop a strategic roadmap to incorporate blockchain into your business strategy. Find out more at OxfordExecBlockchain.com. For more on today's stories and to subscribe to our newsletters, go to Coindesk.com. You can find us on Twitter at Coindesk. If you're enjoying the show so far, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For Coindesk, I'm Mark Hoxney, and this has been Late Confirmation. The Podglomerate. Sonic Universe.